You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thanks for staying with us. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... But Uncle John. Uncle John. Yep. Yeah, we've been having a great time this morning, John, haven't we? Oh, it's been wonderful. Just great experience. Yeah, and, and the conversations we've been having, you know, we began with intercessory prayer. We talked about a Lenten journey. We talked about silent retreats and the encountering God in the silence. And here's what's amazing. <clears throat> At least I found this when I was planning shows, is that... You don't plan for a theme to develop, but they naturally develop. And our next guest ties it all together. What we're going to be talking about with Father Jacob Bodiger of the Diocese of Rapid City just ties everything together. And it's so amazing. And I'm so excited for it. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, Father. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you joining us. Would you take just a couple of, a uh, short little bit of time and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm a Jesuit priest. Uh, Fairly recently ordained, 2017, uh, and I'm a priest on the Rosebud Indian Reservation in South Dakota. I'm originally from eastern Iowa, uh, grew up out in the country there, and um, joined the Jesuits in 2006, and it's about an 11-year formation process before you're ordained. That's great. Thanks so much for your priesthood, Father. You know, I... I, I uh... The more and more I work with priests in, in, uh, in my day-to-day, the more thankful I am for you guys. You guys are just the boots on the ground. You're the warriors in our parishes uh, who are providing opportunities to grow closer to the Lord. So I just want to thank you for, for answering the Lord's call to the priesthood. That was the best decision I ever made. <laughs> so, so today is kind of a special day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, can, you, can you share what that day is and significance? Yes. Uh, so it, today in 1622, uh, Pope Gregory the Fifteenth canonized a handful of heavy hitters: Saint Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuit order; his best friend, Saint Francis Xavier, the great missionary saint of the Church. I would say second only to Saint Paul. Uh, but he also canonized Teresa of Avila, Saint yeah. Philip Neri, and Saint Isidore, who's the patron saint of farmers. So. All five of those on the same day. <laughs> wow. That is... Yeah. Wow. If you want to talk intercessory prayer, there's some heavy hitters there. Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, and I just want to... This is amazing to me, Father. Have you ever noticed this, that, you know, there's just certain periods of time where you just get a clump of saints, and, and they're all heavy hitters. And this is... Yeah. It looks like one of those examples. Yeah, this reminds me of back in the 90s when the United States had the dream team for the Olympics. And you had like, <laughs> all these great basketball players on the same team. And uh, you look at this list, it's like, holy smokes. What a, what a team. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, now it was, it was uh, St. Ignatius and St. Xavier, uh, which is, had his feast days on my birthday, so I pray to him quite a bit. Um, and then was it... Uh, uh, a, yeah, but there was a, there's another. There's a Drake. Saint Philip Neri. No, there, there, there were three. There were three roommates where Saint Ignatius schooled. One was Francis, and so when Saint Ignatius was in college, he was roommates with Saint Francis Xavier and Saint Peter Faber. There we go, Peter Faber. That's right. Yeah, there's some heavy hitters there too, huh? Yeah. 
So talk, talk a little bit about St. Ignatius, because that's what we're going to be talking to you about this morning. You know, who is he? What does he mean to the church? So St. Ignatius was born in the Basque region of Spain in 1491. So he was born right at the very end of kind of the old world. Because <laughs> in 1492, the world changed. Uh, Columbus came back saying, hey, we've just found half of the world that we've kind of forgotten was there. And uh, so Ignatius grew up in a very exciting time. He would die in 1556 at the age of 65, uh, a very different man than when he started out. So by the age of 18, he was a professional soldier. Um, He'd spent most of his adolescence in court learning how to dance, how to speak well. Um, how to gamble, how to fight, um, all sorts of skills for good or for ill, and um, became a, a soldier at 18, and he loved to fight, and his whole dream was, was winning renown as a soldier um, and doing great deeds. Um, he also had, had kind of a, a temper. He's very competitive. He's known to have gotten in lots of duels and fights, and it's probably likely that he killed some, some people in those duels, um, famously, he got in a duel with a, a Muslim who challenged the virginity of Our Lady. <laughs> uh, Don't mess with Mama. <laughs> yeah, so he got into all sorts of trouble. Uh, he was very vain as well. He's very into fashion, um, wanted to look uh, very handsome and attractive, and um, spared no expense in that. But in 1521, everything kind of changed. He was... Uh, helping defend a fortress in Pamplona against um, some local um, military forces that had allied with the French. And a cannonball, um, I've I've heard mixed accounts. One says a cannonball busted through the wall and um, brushed up against his leg and and shattered his legs. Another cannonball hit a nearby wall and debris. But either way, his legs were severely injured Hmm. in this battle. Um, but the French were very impressed with his courage and carried him back to his family castle in Loyola where he could recover. Um, but the bones in, in the, one of his legs were not set well, and so they healed kind of funny, such that below his knee there was kind of this this protrusion or this knob. And men's fashion in those days was you wore these kind of thigh-high, skin-tight boots to show off the shape of your leg. And uh, he wanted to fix his legs so he could be handsome again. And so he laid in bed two years, not recovering from his injuries, but recovering from surgery after surgery after surgery to try and correct this deformity. So it was for his own vanity that he laid in bed for two years. And think about surgery in the 1500s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not a lot of anesthesia, I'm guessing. Yeah. (laughs) He, um, so he endured all that just uh, for the sake of his vanity. And in the, in the home, you know, there wasn't any Netflix, there wasn't any cell phones, nothing like that. And he, he asked if there were any romances that he could read, because he wanted to read about tales of adventure and chivalry and romance. Um, so his sister brought him two books, one of The Life of Christ and The Life of the Saints. Whether those were the only two books available or whether his sister just had a good mind about her, um, and knew her brother could use some some good nourishment for the soul. 
Um, those are the books that he was brought. And during those two years, he found that when he would just daydream about romance and adventure, he would be caught up in it while he was doing it, but afterwards he'd be left kind of empty and bored and disenchanted. But when he would read the lives of the saints and the life of Christ and imagine himself in certain episodes of Christ's life or imagine himself doing the things the saints did, he found not only was he excited and engaged while he was doing that, but afterwards, even after he had finished reading and thinking, he still felt very full and and satisfied. Mm. And over two years, he, he began to notice that pattern. And by the time he had recovered from all of his injuries and surgeries, he decided to renounce his um, noble birthright and his inheritance and become a pilgrim. And he made a journey to a Marian shrine and laid his sword on the altar and switched clothes with a beggar and um, went off on his way and kept notes of his spiritual journey and his progress. And of those notes and his journals and diaries, he put together what is now known today as the spiritual exercises. True metanoia. I mean, can you imagine that's true conversion? Yeah, a radical conversion. (laughs) And I think it's amazing, too. uh, If you're just tuning in, we're we're visiting with Father Jacob Bodiger of the Diocese of Rapid City about St. Ignatius of Loyola. And I think what's amazing, Father, is how some things never change, right? (laughs) You know, I hear the story about how he would daydream about romance and and fighting and everything like that, and he wouldn't be filled. But then he would read the the lives of the saints in the life of Christ and be filled. And I can see that in my own journey of, you know, when when I pay attention to the news and everything going around me in the world, I just get this emptiness. But when I read scripture, when I meditate on the lives of the saints, it is so fulfilling what what do you think that says about you know just our just our own journey that that we're not alone on this journey that many saints including Saint Ignatius have been on this journey long before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it says a couple of things. One, it's a, a reminder of the classic saying, "You know, there's nothing new under the sun," <laughs> and that in our Catholic faith, one of the Brazilian beautiful gifts that our, our faith offers us is we have a church that has been there and done that. And there is nothing we can experience in our life that is estranged from the experiences of others that have gone before us who are, are wiser and holier and closer to Christ than we might be. And so they have wisdom and insight to offer us. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel and we don't have to go through life just trying to figure it out on our own. Like, we can tap into this vast treasury of experience and wisdom and knowledge that the saints have to offer us. Um, The other thing I would say is, you know, it's like, um, I can't remember which Carmelite saying, I just know it's a Carmelite, but God alone suffices. This is to say, when we notice meditating on the lives of the saints, reading Scripture satisfies and fills us, well, that's because the St. Ignatius would say, Man is created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and by this means to save our soul. <laughs> so God is what fills us and satisfies us. And Ignatius started to notice that. And often we forget it. Hmm. You know, we were talking about, we're talking about intercessory prayer today, too, and 
I think of his life and how, you know, we could pretty much turn to him for prayers. He's seen and done it all, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know when I'm being proud, prideful or I'm being vain or, you know, I'm searching for conversion or, um, you know, where the fullness of, of, the, of the history of Christ and the life of the saints and the life of Christ. Um, we can certainly turn to him for courage and, and help. Yeah, and the wonderful thing I find about Ignatius is he was so ordinary. Uh, you know, just a, a normal guy growing up, and he had his ambitions and his dreams, and and uh, had the, he got laid out by a big injury and had a conversion of heart. And he wasn't known for his miracles and his, his mighty deeds. Uh, he had some mystical experiences, but... In his autobiography, he doesn't really go into great detail about what they were. Mm-hmm. And so, really, a lot of what we admire about Ignatius comes from the spiritual exercises itself, and just the tremendous insight that he has into the human soul and psyche and the human person. And so, you, and just the, the treasure that the spiritual exercises has been for the spiritual life of so many people since the days of Ignatius, and the rules for discernment. Um, but also, you know, he's upheld as a great saint. Again, not so much for what he did, but for what his followers would end up doing. Like right. Mr. Xavier, Robert Bellarmine, the North American Martyrs, you know, so many amazing Jesuits following in the footsteps of Ignatius. Yeah, absolutely. Father, we do have to head to a break here, but stay with sure. us because we do have another segment with Father Jacob Bodiger of the Diocese of Rapid City coming up. And one of the things we're going to be talking about that you won't want to miss is there is a sacramental that we all use that has a special blessing where we know that stories of miracles have been attributed to it. We'll talk about that and some of the innation exercises that we've been mentioning right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. How can you know for sure that your loved one is in heaven? Well, the short answer is you can't. I'm Father Chris Alar, but you can have confident hope that they are saved because no matter when or how they died, even by suicide, you can pray and make sacrifices now to still help them accept God's final offer of grace. Jesus told St. Faustina, Call upon my mercy on behalf of sinners. I desire their salvation. When you pray with faith on behalf of some sinner, I will give him the grace of conversion. Wow, if you desire heaven for someone, God desires it even more. So do your part to help them get there. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. 
As a working Catholic professional, your needs and priorities for returning to college don't match a traditional campus experience. That's why the University of Mary has created a portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online graduate programs that are sure to align with today's needs. Advance your skills while strengthening your faith at the University of Mary. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We are in the home stretch, but we have some great things to come here as we continue visiting with Father Jacob Bodiger of the Diocese of Rapid City. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... Joined by John Clark. John Clark. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you for joining us, Father. I really appreciate the time. Some very, very interesting information about St. Ignatius. I have have a question. Um, He was in the military, and he was obviously very essential in, in forming the Jesuit order. Um, how much of his military went into the, um, you know, into basically the Jesuit order? I mean, it was, I would imagine there's some discipline involved. And from what I understand, there was, uh, um, he was able to um, use a lot of what he um, believed and, and learned to do that. Yes. Um, if you look through the constitutions of our order, if you just go through the spiritual exercises, there's all sorts of military imagery and language used. Um, for example, one of the, the great contemplations and the exercises is the call of Christ the King. You're supposed to imagine what it would be like if some worldly king had kind of a call to arms, like, hey, I'm going to go out and conquer all my enemies. Who's with me? And who's going to join in, in the fighting and in the struggle and share the rewards? And then we're invited to imagine, now what if Jesus made that call to arms, would you join him? Would you follow him? Um, and there's uh, the two standards. You know, it's like, whose side are you on, Jesus or Satan? And you're supposed to imagine a battlefield with these two banners, and like, which banner are you going to stand under? Um, also, when he was choosing what he would call the order, uh, and originally he, he wanted to call it the Company of Jesus, which is in the official Spanish name. And not company like companions, but company like a military company. He saw, you know, the soldiers of Christ. And uh, so that, that permeates kind of all the early documents of the society. Yeah, and we know that his exercises that he wrote, the Ignatian exercises, are used in silent retreats, some silent retreats. Can you just mention a little bit about that? Yeah, so... The full version of the exercises is 30 days of silent prayer, kind of contemplating the life of Jesus and imagining yourself as one of his companions, one of his friends, and trying to gain spiritually this personal experience with Jesus um, to discern how is he calling you to follow and serve him. But it's very adaptable. You can do it where you meet with a spiritual director um, once a week for a whole year, you can make it in eight days. You can make it in a weekend. Um, Ignatius wanted it to be very adaptable so that it was possible for just anybody to experience the good of the spiritual exercises, which I think, again, goes back to his life as a soldier. Is You want your, your tools, your weapons, everything to be adaptable to the circumstances you meet in the field. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are some tools, right, we can use as, as battle. We call them sacramentals. And one of those sacramentals that I love just having around, you know, it's just like, it's like you got a sword just sitting on your nightstand is, is holy water. And there's a special, yeah. a special Ignatian blessing with holy water. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so there's, there's a tradition that, uh, just doing a little research, goes way back to the early church of um, not just holy water, but water, holy water that's been, I guess, additionally fortified, if you will, by dipping the relic of a particular saint in it. Hmm. Um, and so there's been a custom of St. Ignatius water since the very early days of the society, um, there's accounts going back as far as 1670, uh, so within a hundred years of Ignatius's death, where missionaries would dip either a relic of St. Ignatius or even, like, uh, the corner of one of his letters in the holy water and would be distributing it to people. Um, and... In, in the, a 1670 document, it describes a priest in surplus of soul dipping a relic of St. Ignatius in a vase of water, which he blesses, invoking St. Ignatius the prayers prescribed by the purpose of the Church. And uh, there's all sorts of stories of, especially a lot of cures and protection from illness, um, lots of miracles attributed to St. Ignatius water specifically. Do you, Are you aware of any specific examples of miracles or some of these things? Yeah. Um, so, for example, back in 1599 in a, an area called Burgos, uh, it was so effective at curing people of illness that physicians were prescribing St. Ignatius water above and beyond any other kind of medicine. <laughs> um, wow. Let's see. In plagues in 1656 and 1657 in Rome and Germany and France, um, saying Ignatius water proved to be very effective. Um, in the late 1600s, there was a, a Father James who was close to death and had already basically decided, like, you know, this is it, I'm resigning my soul to God. But he heard a voice say, take the water of your Holy Father Ignatius and dip the flowers, this is Mary speaking, which you blessed on Pentecost Monday and it will restore you to health. And uh, he did them. And he walked. He got up from his deathbed and went to and gave thanks to God. Um, let's see, lots of places where there were plagues, and the plague avoided households that were blessed with St. Ignatius water. Um, in fact, in 1855, there was a, a plague in Modena, and it was wiping people out left and right. But there were 400 citizens that got together and were praying to St. Ignatius and got it St. Ignatius water for their household, and the local paper, a liberal paper, it's noted, said these 400 families were untouched by the pestilence. Wow, that's amazing. Father, I apologize, but we are out of time. Thanks so much for being on with us, for talking a little bit about St. Ignatius uh, and just the different things that he has given to the life of our church. Mm -hmm. A pleasure. Alrighty, you have a wonderful day. You too. God bless everyone. Thank you, you too. Well, John, we're at the end. Can you believe it? It's been two hours. It has been. You know, I, it's in my mind. I just, I got, I want, I want some of that. 
could have used that for the last 12 months. Yeah. All the plagues, you know, we could have been blessing our homes with this. You know? Yeah, it's really neat. And now we hear him in our heads because we have voices in our heads. <laughs> and now it's the opportunity for you to hear him. Eli's going to talk about what's coming up on the next Real Presence Live. Oh, thanks, Brandon. Yes, the one real voice in your head. I can't do anything about the other ones. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming up on our next Real Presence Live, it's going to be Monday morning. Hosts Steve Swanskowski and you, Brandon Clark, will be coming to you live from our Fargo studio. They'll start off the show with Mary Hanbury and Dr. J. Hirschberger. They'll be asking, can beauty save the world? Then Doreen Kennelly and Gene Epler will talk about the Pope, some paint, and some wine. Plus, Deacon Doug Helding will talk about the gift of making sawdust. All that and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. So, Brandon, you know... Since you're hosting the next show on Monday, you just like to bring your sleeping bag, just gonna like sack out in the all, studio. Yeah, all, all Brandon all the time. I was thinking about <laughs> camping out here. You think Mark will be okay with that? You know, I think uh, we could probably find you a desk to hide under or something like that. Yeah, excellent. I think Brittany has a pillow in her office or something. Maybe. Probably wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Eli. Well, thanks so much for being with us, um, John. Uh, big takeaway from from today. Well, you know, I, I first of all, I, it was very educational. You know, um, I just enjoyed every conversation, every segment. Um, I think the big takeaway is that intercessory prayer really, really plays a role in our everyday life, literally. And um, we can take advantage of that. It's a tool to grow in spirituality, and it's a it's a tool to uh, pray for others, and and hopefully, you know, grow in their spirituality. Yeah, absolutely. I think my big takeaway was probably the silence. You know, it's just a good reminder for me to uh, enter into that silence each day, begin my day with the Lord. Um, and, and that really plays into talking about Lenten penances, right? So, Maybe if you haven't been praying, this is a good opportunity halfway through Lent to to begin as we as we head towards Easter and, and hear the voice of the Lord so you can really encounter Him in a real powerful way at Easter. Yeah, and you know, and realize too that as we renew our commitment to our Lenten journey, um, there are tools out there that can help you, yeah. um, and, and and not to uh, not to to think that you got to be on your own. I mean, exactly, it's not something that you can do by yourself, and maybe you can. Yeah. Well, that's all for us. Thanks for tuning in to Real Presence Live. Again, Real Presence Live will be on Monday, 9 to 11 Central. Stay tuned for more wonderful programming here on Real Presence Radio. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.